I walk a bit different now, now that my heart's been found. Nothing really feels the same. I hold my head a bit higher. I lift my voice a bit louder. Yeah, something inside has changed. I am a mountain mover, water walker, more than just an Baptist Church. Uh, just have a couple of announcements to make this morning. Uh, we had a deacon's meeting this morning. Of course, all our decisions are made through the deacon board. And uh, we're going to start uh, Sunday school back the first Sunday in November. We're going to start Sunday nights the first Sunday in November. And Wednesday nights will be that first week in November. We're also going to uh, have trunk and treat this year uh, on Halloween. And this is the first that anybody's known that. So uh, we want to encourage you. I'm sure there'll be sign-ups next week, or you can call the church office if you're going to do a trunk. Uh, and if you'd like to bring candy, please. We have between 1,500 and 2,000 people that usually come uh, through Trunk and Treat, so that is a ministry that we have for our community. But I'm so thankful that we are uh, starting back things and understand every, everything here at church is voluntary, right? So you can either come or don't come. You know, we have three options here. We have in-person service. You have parking lot where several people are in the parking lot today. Also, you can watch online, but uh, we do feel like it's time for us to open back up, and we're really thankful for that. I want to thank our deacons. I want to thank Steve as a chairman uh, and everybody for the decisions that they made, and this has come through a lot of, a lot of prayer, but uh, we want to tell you that we love you. We want to welcome you to East Hills Baptist Church this morning. If you'll stand with us as the uh, praise team leads us in song, I'm going to open us up in a word of prayer. Fathers, we come to you in prayer. We want to thank you, Lord, for your grace and for your mercy. Father, we want to thank you for how, how you've blessed us as individuals, but Father, most more importantly, even as a church, uh, Father, we want to thank you, Lord, for the wisdom we feel like you've given us, and uh, Father, we're just trying to, uh, Lord, do the right thing as best we can, and uh, Father, we, uh, I just want to lift up our, our congregation this morning, Lord, if there's anyone here today that doesn't know he's the personal Lord and Savior, I pray that today would be their day of salvation. Father, we're honored to have Todd and his family with us this morning, pray that you would just, Lord, speak through him. 
Uh, Lord, as he brings the word this morning, continue to bless the praise team and bless this time of worship. In Jesus' name I pray and all of God's people sit together. Amen. Sing with us.
wants us to worship him. You know, I thank God for answered prayer this past week. We got to celebrate our granddaughter's birth, Zoe. You know, sometimes you just need to be thankful for what God blesses you with. And we are so grateful for her and her life. And um, sometimes it costs you to go into the closet and pray and shut the door. And that's what I did this week. But let's do that this morning. I want you to be praying about a mission trip that we have coming up. It's with Randy and Debbie Smith and a story in New York. If you'd like to go, please see me. Uh, we, we need four to six people that can go and be able to, to minister to people there and, and, and share the gospel. The New Yorkers, they need Christ. We all do. But we need to be praying for that opportunity. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you this morning. Worthy is your name. Worthy to be praised. Father, help us to worship you. Father, as we come before you, we are so grateful to be your child. Father, you love us. You care for us. You gave your life for us that we might know you. And we want to thank you for that. That you are our loving Heavenly Father who's embraced us and you've committed your love toward us that while we were yet sinners, you died for us. We thank you for that so much. And Father, we want to thank you for life, for health, for strength, for the ability to be here and to worship you. No matter where we are, we can worship you because you live within us. And Father, this morning, I pray you'd bless this time of worship. Bless Todd as he comes to preach your word, anoint him, give him liberty and clear, clearness of mind and heart. And Father, we thank you this morning for being present with us. Thank you for being our Father. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Throwing pennies in a wishing well And I started believing I was cursed to carry this weight I was listing the reasons Of why I should walk away Until grace called my name Oh, I didn't know I could be free until grace found me Until grace broke these chains Oh, I didn't know I could be free Until grace found, your grace found me I might be looking at a future full of question marks to have all of the answers if you have my heart in you i'm finding redemption a little more with every breath brand new like the morning and i'll never forget that until grace called my name oh i didn't know i could be free until grace found me, until grace broke these chains, oh, I didn't know I could be free, until grace found, your grace found me, Ooh, you came like a force of When I thought there was no escape 
You know, it's great to have Todd Payne with us this morning. His family, Gracie and Jeremiah and Joel's here with us, and we're so glad to have you guys. I asked Todd how long he's been uh, going to Indy on, on mission trips and he, uh, since you've been 19, I believe, and you've been coming here probably for about 10 or, I don't know, 15 years. been coming here quite a while. And uh, we, we've been supporting Todd and his ministry through Hope Givers, and I, I know he'll explain a little bit about that. But at the end of the service, our ushers will be at the doors, and if you would, I would encourage you to give all the money that you give this morning goes to Hope Givers International. And if you want to make out a check, you can make it out to East Hales. We'll put in the memo, Todd Payne, and that way we'll be able to write him a check at the end of the service. But Todd, it's always great to have you. I love to hear you preach. So you come on up here and just preach what the Lord's laid on your heart, brother. Love you. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. It is good to be in the Lord's house. I'll try again. Praise the Lord. That was pathetic. Praise the Lord. Man, y'all should be excited. Are you born again? Amen. Well, thank God for the three of you that are. The rest of you, today is the day of salvation. Amen. And you can leave this place happy if you would let him do a work in your life. Joshua 11, while you're turning there, I would like for the two guys named Michael, no pictures. They have no pictures for me today. No. Scripture Scripture is good. No picture. Scripture is no good. Script, actually, Scripture is good. I'm talking to the men above. Do you have the pictures? The pictures are up. All right, let you get them up, okay? And uh, I've got kickoff time up there at 10:49, so we're getting ready to to kick off Joshua chapter 11. If you can get the pictures up, Michael, while I'm getting, I, they don't. Uh, have the ability to put it on the screen so you're gonna have to use that book in your hand today that's called a bible amen and it's not electronic if you've got an electronic one and you can use that too but at any rate I'm gonna flip through a couple pictures really quick uh, before we read because I know that's an old testament book and it may take you a really long time to find it but look for the fifth and sixth books in the bible and you'll get there amen that would be Joshua we're still feeding kids at Michaels if y'all can the two guys I don't know which one of you are running it if you'll go to the next picture, I want to show just a couple pictures of what we're doing right now. Uh, we send over uh, food, food, food packets for the kids in, in, in our orphanages with, uh, with toiletry items, again, with soaps and shampoos like we always have. You'll keep going, brother. That's what we're doing right now. They just got a new pair of clothes at, at all 50 homes that we help to support throughout the country. If you'll keep going, that's just one of the homes that has 20 of them. We we passed out God's word to a tribal orphanage where we're working with right now, trying to get God's word in there. Uh, we have 20 kids that have been brought from tribes that never would learn to read or write. So uh, you can see we're putting the Gideon's New Testament. Thank you, Gideon's, those who serve. I salute you and I appreciate you, and you'll appreciate the word today. Uh, we've been able to help some in the COVID season, uh, not only with uh, the things that are going on over there, through that but we also still have kids that fall because they're kids and if y'all's kids are like mine he's got a boot on our kids in an orphanage uh, they fall and break legs and arms too so we we try our best to take care of them so this was just this last week that's the 37 girls at the children's home in Burma and Manipur if you can see that picture clear enough those kids look kind of Chinese but at any rate they're near the the Burma Myanmar border and uh, they all have HIV we still buy them medicines every month so I thank you, East Taylors. Well, that's where your funds are going. Don't, don't worry. I'm not taking them to Stony Point with me, okay? But I appreciate you, and I love you. If you'll go to the next picture, that's what's important. Of the last year, we wasn't even able to be there. In the ministries we serve and work with, we've seen over 100 baptisms this last year. I got two of them just the last week. If you'll go to the next one, Michael, another, another friend of mine who's running a church that we built a couple years ago, Pastor Kieran, uh, baptizing there in the tank behind the church. And the last two pictures i just want to give you an update of where we are on uh, uh, some of our building projects and uh, this was just in the month of june the last picture is where we are this past week if you've got that one if it'll come up but that's where we are with with that church building that is our 47th church that we've planted in 24 years and i say to god be all the glory great things he has done church i appreciate you i love you and i appreciate the opportunity as always, Pastor Jamie, it is an honor to be part of the family of God. And above all, if you don't know God as your father, today would be a great day to let him adopt you into that family. And it'll change everything, just like it did for Joshua. If you're willing and able to stand, 
I've gave you ample time, even if you're terrible at Bible drill. Joshua 11, looking at the first seven verses of Scripture in the book of Joshua 11, it says, And it came to pass when Jabin, king of Hazred, heard those things that he sent to Jobab, king of Madon, and to the king of Shimron, and to the king of Ashab, and to the kings that were on the north of the mountains and of the, and of the plains south of Chinneroth and in the valley and in the borders of Dor on the west and to the Canaanite on the east and on the west and to the Amorite and the Hittite and the Perizzite and the Jebusite in the mountains and to the Hivite under, under Hermon in the land of Mesphah. And they went out, they and all their host with them, much people, even as the sand that is upon the seashore in multitude with horses and chariots, very many. And when all these kings were met together, they came and pitched together at the waters of Miram to fight against Israel. And the Lord said unto Joshua, Be not afraid because of them, for tomorrow about this time will I deliver them up, all slain before Israel. Thou shalt huff their horses and burn their chariots with fire. So Joshua came and all the people of war with him against them by the waters of Merom suddenly and they fell upon them. You may be seated. I trust the Lord will bless the reading of his word to our hearts as we study it together. I want to say this today as we think on Joshua and we think on the last few years that we've faced in life. I want you to leave East Taylorsville today with this memo and motto in your head. I will not go down without a fight. Amen. I will not quit. I will not give up. I will not throw in the towel, preacher. I stand with you. I'll, I'll lock arms with you and say, I'm not going to quit, though everybody else will. Thank you. Thank you for starting back. Thank you for kicking it in gear because this is not time to put it in park, preachers. Not a time to put it in park. Believers, this is a time to go, ye therefore, and to tell the world that Jesus saves. Amen. It is time to be the lights that we have been called to be. And I want to say this, we might feel like we lost, but we haven't. Amen. We might come out of the fight bloody. We might get a battered eye. We might have a swelling on our cheek. But I want you to know that I'm not going to roll over and play dead. And I hope and pray today that you would take that stand with me as well. I'm not going to throw in the towel I don't know if you know Joshua's story or not, but it reminds me a lot of where we are today. And you say, how so? This was so long ago, preacher. Well, that's big stuff that Joshua's just took over. I don't know if you remember his, his story and where he's come from, but he's just placed the mantle of Moses on him and took over the calling to lead God's children. That's not an easy task. Your, your men that God has called here, Pastor Jamie and Mark and Kevin and and the pastors that he's put here is not an easy calling, and I thank God for them. But I want you to know that's where Joshua is. He's taking on a big mantle of Moses. He's, he's following behind Charlton Heston. I mean, Moses, you know, he's just, he's just split the Red Sea and got Ten Commandments from a, from a mountain. And, and man, what a, what a great man of God he has to follow in the footsteps of, Pastor Jamie. I wouldn't have wanted to be in where Joshua was going in. But the good news is, because of Joshua's willingness, thank God, uh, God did use him in a great way. I don't know if you've read his stories, but I do want you to note that, that just because Joshua was a great man of God didn't, didn't uh, I guess, excuse him from being locked in and surrounded by stupidity. Amen. That's where a lot of you might feel like you are today. Don't worry, you're not alone. Joshua marched four decades with those dodos too, okay? Because, do y'all remember the story? In the book of Numbers, there were how many spies sent out? Oh my Lord, did y'all, there is 12, amen? There was 12 spies that was sent out into the land to, to view the promised land. Do y'all remember how many came back? They all came back. It's crazy, okay? If you'd read your Bible, you'd know that. And when they all got back, there was, a, there was a good report, and in the good report, there was two. And if you're any good with math, Alexander County, you know how many had a bad report? Thank God. At least you know math. At least ten of you do. I heard it over here. There was ten of them that come back with a bad report, said 
we can't do this, we're not able, we're not big enough, there's giants in the land, we ain't going to be able to take the land. And God had already said the land was theirs. Let me tell you this today, East Taylorville, very clearly before I leave and before you go to meet Jesus. Understand this, it does not matter what majority votes, if God is with the minority, we win. Amen. You can vote however you want to and do whatever you wish to, but in the end of it, whatever God says is settled in heaven. Amen. Forever and ever. He said that was their land, and Joshua went with that attitude, the attitude that I'm not going to quit, I'm not going to go down without a fight is what I want to share with you today. He had been through 31 kings, if you remember the book of Joshua. My, what a great conquest he's been on. He had only lost one of those 31 battles, which he went back to avenge, if you read through the book of Joshua. What a, what a great achievement. And I know we went through times this past couple of years, and it feels like, man, I've lost a lot. I've lost family members. Maybe you've lost spiritually. Maybe you've lost financially. Maybe you've lost educationally. I don't know what you've lost since I met you last year, but I remind each of you today who are here and listening in that not all is lost because you're still here. And God does have a plan for each one of you who are here today. He does have a purpose for each one of you today, and I'm thankful that if you'll take an effort and if you'll, if you'll work to it and if you'll not go down without a fight, you can see great things happen in this generation that we're still living in save the Lord, tarry not his coming. Church, today, let me say this. We've set our world up as a government for failure. We're putting out uh, silver platters for people. You get paid more to stay at home than you do to come to work. I've been building houses for three years now, and I can't find nobody that wants to help. You know why? Why would you when you can sit on a lazy boy and get paid by the White House to sit there? Ouch, but Amen. That's where our world is set up for today. That's where our nation is headed today. And though it be headed that direction, church, God called you and me to work by the sweat of our brows to be. Is anybody going to say amen? Because I'm telling you, that's what God has called us to do, not quit, not turn our back on his word and his calling to us. Amen? That's what he's called us to do and to be part of in these days. And I want to remind you that though it feels like a time to quit, it's not the time to quit. We've taken those words of Christ. Y'all remember what he said, and it was great words, to love your enemies as you, as you know, love your enemies. But we've took that just a little too far, church. We've loved them so much that the church has become like them. Ouch. That's a lot of love. I know you got a lot, a lot of love for your enemies, but I hope you're not loving them in such a way. I've noted this, that as I was reading this message from Joshua 11 that a quote came to my mind and you've heard it as well throughout your your days of life that anything worth good is worth fighting for East Taylor I tell you today that your marriages are worth fighting for your ministries are worth fighting for your families they're worth fighting for your your promises that God has given to you through his word they're all worth fighting for and I don't know if you've noticed that that's what Joshua's doing, he's fighting. And I'm telling you today that I want to join with him and say, I will not go down without a fight. Go on and preach, preacher. I believe I will. Because if you noticed in verse number one, did you see what it said there in the text? It said, it came to pass uh, when Jabin, king of Hazor, had heard. You say, what did he hear? He heard of all the things that Joshua was doing. It meant that Joshua was actually doing something for the Lord God. Mark, you ought not have any problem after today's message. The sign-up sheet ought be full. Amen. People ought want to do something for their, for their Savior. Did he save you? Thank God for the six of you who raised your hand. The rest of you, today is the day of salvation. Once you be born again, boy, he'll change your life forever. He'll do things for you that you've never dreamed could be done for you. And that's what Jabin is experiencing. He's watching a Joshua who has seen God's hand move and seen God's promises move over 31 kings and kingdoms. And he's heard of those things that Joshua is doing. And each Taylor's will let me tell you something today. If you're doing something for the Lord, all hell knows about it too. They, they don't want what you're doing to be accomplished. They want it 
to stop and to quit and to, and to fall through. But I'm telling you, this is not the time to be timid and lay back. It is time to press forward and keep on disrupting the gates of hell. Amen. That's what we ought to do. We ought to go after it, be the light, be the salt, be what God has called us to be. Let the Jabins hear about East Taylorsville Baptist Church. And I'm not going to reread it again, so I'm going to jump down to verse 4. But in those verses, man, there's a bunch of people that had heard what Joshua was doing. Man, there was there, there was the Madon, there is uh, Ch Chinaroth and Dor. And I don't want to mess them up again, but I, I mess them up every time. Y'all are a lot better at reading than I am. But at any rate, there's a, I, I studied at Alexander County, amen, so you have mercy on me. There was, there was people there from the Canaanites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Jebusites and the Hivites and the Parasites and the Mosquito Bites and the Termites. Amen. They was all there uh, in Joshua chapter 11. And everybody has come against the people of God. I don't know if you're seeing the similarities, church, but the world is coming against you. And Jesus gave you that warning because that's exactly what would happen. There you are. And I'm telling you, when it does come against you, don't quit. Don't throw in the towel because they've come to wreck God's plan just like they had came to wreck the plan of God in Joshua chapter number 11. But pastor, I've, I have come up with this thought and I am persuaded for sure that you've got to be a bad somebody to have so many people come against you. You've got to be a bad somebody. And I want you to know something today. God wants you to be a bad somebody for his kingdom too. I don't take lightly the calling that the Lord has placed upon my life, and you ought not either as a child of God. I don't know if you've uh, done what God has asked you to do, but when you do and you see God move, you stand back in a wow and you think, man, God has used us. I've got to see prostitutes quit their job. That's a good thing, church. I've got to see lost folk come to the Lord because of the power of the gospel. Amen. I've got to see that firsthand because of the obedience that the Lord has enabled me to do whenever he called me to do such a thing. And the same you can see in your life. I'm telling you, don't quit, don't stop, don't go down without a fight. Hang in there, East Taylorsville, and let the Lord do great things through you. I believe and I know that he will. Now, if you look in the text there, jumping down towards the fifth verse, the bottom of the fourth verse, it said, Much people has come against Joshua as many as the sand that is upon the seashore. Now, I don't know if y'all ever tried to count them or not, but when I was little, I'd fill up my sand bucket and start there, and I never got past the top layer. Amen? Anybody else do it? feel like a train's going to hit me, preacher. Nope. Well, if I tried to count them, and I failed. I, I was, again, I studied at Stony Point was my elementary base so getting past 10 is tough for me and uh, at any rate that's that's where I got to I counted my sand bucket and I couldn't do it that's a lot of people do you believe God's word is true that's a lot of people coming against God's children in the Bible and I'm telling you this today that that they're coming against you so I'm telling you to be ready for the fight that is ahead of you family of God now, people have asked me, preacher, are you afraid of Indians? And I'm not. I've ministered in India now for 24 years, and, and Indians, for the most part, are smaller than uh, American folks. So I'm not scared of them because of their size. I'm, I'm not scared of Indians. I'm scared of a lot of Indians, okay? That's what I'm scared of. Because when they start coming together, boy, that's when the heat starts coming out of your forehead, and you start sweating things, and you think, man, am I going to make it out of this place alive? That's that's where Joshua is. All the kings, all their kingdoms coming against him, coming against God's plan, coming to stop the work of God. And there it is in Joshua 11 where we picked up our story today. I want to tell you this, these tales, that the odds are stacked against you. They're stacked against you as a child of God. It may look like it because the sands of the shore, but don't forget who created the sands on the shore. Amen. Don't forget who's got your back. And don't forget that though the odds may be stacked against your family and against your children and the odds may be stacked against your business, maybe, maybe, maybe stacked against you prospering in life, I want you to know this. The writer of Romans, the Apostle Paul, when he wrote to the church of Rome in 831, he said, 
But if God be for you, somebody ought to shout it right there, amen. But if God be for you, thank God who can be against you. Amen. I'm glad God's got my back. And if he ain't got yours, I can tell you today, you can sure leave with him having your back. You, you can't stop what God has planned. God is in control. He's sovereign in every way. And, and, and in fact, the, all those people are coming against Joshua is an indicator and an indication that Joshua is heading in the right direction. Now, I'm going to share. This will not cost any extra. This is free Stony Point theology. Are you ready for it? Brace yourself. You might want to write this down, okay? You cannot have a head-on collision traveling in the same direction. Amen. I thought of that. <laughs> Nathan, you ever seen it in the insurance business? You can't have a head-on traveling in the same direction. It is impossible. So this is an indication that Joshua, he's heading the right way. Church, I'm telling you today, that if you're heading the right way, there's going to be things that will try to stop you. It'll seem like an uphill battle. It'll seem like you're paddling against the grain of the river's current. But oh, God is with us. Amen. And he will not leave us, nor will he forsake us. The church today, don't, don't quit. Don't go down without a fight. I don't know what version you've got, but in verse number 6, the Bible says either and or but the Lord said unto Joshua. I don't know which one you've got, but I love those two words in Scripture, they're my favorite words in the Bible because ands and but change everything when God butts into your business, amen? Most people don't like it when God butts in. They tell him, Lord, that's my business. This is my life. Stay out of it. But I'm thankful for the buts in Scripture. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers uh, them out of them all. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Aren't you glad when God butts in, amen, when it seems like everything is falling apart and impossible? He's doing that for Joshua here in verse number 5, and that's where I want to pick up for just a few minutes and share what the Lord's put on my heart to you today. Verse number 6, the first thing he says, the first thing you ought to do is let the Lord talk to you, okay? But the first thing he says, and that's the first thing I want to say to you today, if you'll look at verse number 6, it says, And the Lord, or but the Lord said unto Joshua, what does he say to him? Be not afraid because of them. So number one, let me say this. If you want to stay in the fight, if you don't want to quit, stop being scared. Stop being scared. Stop being scared. Stop. Stop being scared. All the things I can't see are going to enter in my nostrils. Stop being scared. Because there's a father that you can't see who's in control of all those things that you can't see. Say, preacher, what do you mean? Well, when I grew up, I didn't always have a halo around my head. Okay? When I grew up, I got in fights when I was little sometimes with my cousins that were bigger than me and their friends and stuff like that. I remember my first fight, Pastor Jamie. I was scared. I had noodle arms. I went into the fight scared. Y'all ever had noodle arms? Anybody? Well, Y'all ain't probably ever fight. Okay, anyway. But go into the fight, you got noodle arms. You know what? You, you look like SpongeBob trying to throw a punch. It, it, it don't work. I mean, you're not ready. You got, you're scared, and the, and the fear puts noodles in your arms. You can't throw a punch. But the second time I come, buddy, I was ready. Amen. I was low-blowing and everything else. They ain't going to beat me down but once. Amen. I'm telling you, I might come out bloody. I might have a a bad or die, but I will not go down without a fight. It's what I'm telling you today. I'm telling you that because someone here today, you're afraid to write the book God told you to write. You're afraid to step into the ministry and the effect that God has called you to jump into ministry. You're afraid to sing the song that the Lord's challenged you to sing. You're afraid to get married to him or to her. You're afraid to listen to the Lord. Church, I'm telling you, stop being afraid. God, as he, as he told Timothy, the Apostle Paul in 2 Timothy 1 and 7, he has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. I'm glad of that today. God didn't give us fear, so if you've got fear today, lose it. Leave it at an altar, leave it at your pew, leave it at your chair, leave it wherever you are today, and go on with God because fear will steer you in the wrong direction. I watched 
what is it, Animal Planet. I love Animal Planet because they don't speak no language. Amen. I'd rather watch Animal Planet than any soap bopper or anything because they, they don't speak English, they don't speak Hindi, they don't speak Malayalam, they don't speak nothing I can understand. I like it. They speak cat and lion and stuff like that. And I learned a little bit of cat for y'all today, okay? So I'm going to speak in tongues, but I will interpret it in just a moment too, Pastor. So I was watching this thing on the lines, and I don't know if you know this or not, but a pack of lions have a plan whenever they come and they're attacking their prey. When they come and they're attacking their prey, we'll use this as the, as the valley. They're up on the hill and they're looking down at these thousands of prey that are down in the valley and they send the old, I'll represent the old fat toothless line, okay? Uh, the old fat toothless line, they'll send that fella over here on this side of the valley and uh, he's all by himself over here on this side of the valley. He's hiding behind the bush, getting ready to creep up on them fellas in the, in the, uh, in the valley and, and the, the strong pack, the, the, the strength of the herd, the, the, the stronger, more aggressive with all their teeth lines, they're waiting over here behind this bush on this side of the valley. And the old, fat, toothless lion, he's, he's over there all by himself, and they're there clueless, like most Christians, I mean, most, most prey are, and they're, they're there clueless in the valley, and, and old, fat, toothless over here, he's got one job. You know what it is? Rawr. I just spoke lying to you. That means boo, okay? That's like a Halloween word they use. Up. But at any rate, it means boo, and... Whenever he says that roar, do you know what happens to those thousands of prey that are sitting there in the valley? Thank God 16 of y'all have a brain now. They, they go that way. Do you know what happens to those? Am I making sense to anybody sitting in East Taylorville Baptist Church today? I'm telling you, stop running away from the roar and start running towards it. Because your victory is not running away from your fear, it's facing it. And when you start facing your fear, then you'll see God move in a miraculous way that you've never seen Him move before. The strength is running towards the pack. I remember growing up, Pastor, I told people, you know what, I'll never... I took an F in Miss Fox's class, third grade Stony Point, because I told them I would never stand up to give a report. I'm scared of talking in front of people. I've spoken in front of five and 18,000. It don't, it don't matter anymore. You say, what would you do, preacher? I faced my fear. I used to be scared of heights. I was one of them people that used to say, Pastor Mark, if God don't build me a bridge to Indy, I'll never go, because I'm telling you, I was afraid to fly whenever I was four and five years old. But God helped me face my fear. I do gainers off the high dive at Cool Park now, amen? right i bungee jumped i'll skydive if anybody here will sign up with me amen y'all get a sign up sheet i'll come with you because i faced my fears i've been around the world 25 25 plus two nearly 50 times because i normally go twice and thrice some in a year the church i'm telling you say how do you do that face it put your put your put your life put put everything in the hands of god you ought to tell yourself tell your pew pal Face your fears because God is looking for a people who won't be scared anymore and be what we're supposed to be. I remember buying our first land in India, Pastor Jamie, to build our first church on. And I never will forget that I told God every reason why it wouldn't work. I, I was, Lord, you called me to buy shoes and clothes. You, you called me to buy food for children. And now you're, he's challenged me. He put in my heart, you need to try to, try to build a church. I want you to do that. I, I knew that he wanted me to do that. And I told God every reason under the sun that it wouldn't work. Y'all ever tried to educate God too? I did that time and time again. Told him how much smarter than I am than him. How about you? Man, am I the only one that's a failure? But at any rate, there I was. I've told God why it wouldn't work. And 40, 47 churches later. I'm telling you, East Taylors, well, if you'll face your fears. There is no limit on what God can do. And I say to God, be all the glory, great things he has done. Fear will cripple you. So what has fear done to you today? Stop living in faith and start living in fear. Over our past year and a half to two years, we've lived in nothing but. Fear of getting the cold, fear of sneezing, fear of coughing, fear of our 
government. Fear of, oh Lord, the gas pipeline is going to bust and we're not going to have no more gas to run around and gossip. We're not going to have this and that. Y'all remember last year we had fear of running out of toilet paper. How dumb is that? Let me move on. Can I take all up to 1130? Is anybody angry? You can repent, okay, right now, wherever you're at. I, I promise, I, I'm shooting for 1130. Y'all hold on to your seat, okay? Secondly, let me say this. Tomorrow, what did he say tomorrow about this time? Tomorrow about this time, all of them. Let me say this. Your tomorrow can be different if you'll trust in the Lord today. You just put your hands, your life, your whole being in God's hands and trust him. Your tomorrow can be different. Don't just talk about it. Don't just see what happened to Joshua and think, man, I wish that could happen to me. It can. Your tomorrow can be different, but you've got to face your fear first to get there. Get ready because it's, I don't know if you noticed, God put a limit on the time. Tomorrow. So whatever's bothering you today, tomorrow's get. Don't worry, there's a brighter day, okay, coming, especially for the children of God. Don't ever forget what the psalmist said. He said, weeping may endure for the night, but there's that word again, but joy comes in the morning. And I want you to know who did the delivering. I don't know if you've seen it in verse number 6. It said, tomorrow about this time will I deliver. Now, I appreciate all the postal workers. If you work for UPS, FedEx, uh, I don't know what all they are. I wrote all of them down, and I can't even remember half of them myself. But anyway, UPS and FedEx and Blue Darts and Amazons and all these other, there's a truckload more to prime, okay? But no one's more on time than Jesus is. His delivery system is never late. What would you do, East Taylorsville, if all of your big problems tomorrow were no more? Preacher, your phone would be ringing off the hook. You'd be dancing a jig next Sunday. You can't dance in church, preacher. I can. You'd be calling him saying, praise God, thank you, Jesus. Because tomorrow about this time, boy, if all your big, tomorrow about that time, and tomorrow about that time, you know what happened for Joshua? He was victorious. Because God said so. And when you obey God, even when it don't make sense, even when it doesn't look possible, even when it doesn't look like you can, God's in control and your tomorrow can be greatly different. Thirdly, let me say this. It's the end of that verse. I ain't got but one more verse left, okay? So hold on to your horses, okay? It says, it says, uh, thou shalt huff or hoe or hamstring their horses. I don't know which version you've got, but at any rate, the Bible says you shall huff or hoe their horses and chariots. I don't know if you know what that means, but if, evidently you didn't know what it meant because you missed a good spot to shout, amen? Because God is going to enable you, to, hoeing or huffing or hamstring a horse meant this. You would take a sword as a soldier, and when the horse was running to you in battle, you would take your sword, and you would stick your sword in the hamstring. Huffing, that means to huff the horse. It means you would stick your, your, your sword into the hamstring of the horse, and you would render that horse useless, is pretty much what it means. What that means is God is going to, either give you the strength to become as strong as a horse to handle it, or he's going to weaken the horse weak enough for you to handle it. That's how great the God that we're listening to is, and that's what he's doing, and uh, evidently y'all ain't got that yet. So let me explain it to you a little. Let me put it on a stony point level, okay? Several years ago, whenever I was in India, it was about our 30th church building. I was going to build in southern India, and we have to first buy land, you can ask my wife. I was talking about buying another acre to her this morning. But at any rate, uh, there, there we was on our 30th church build. We've got to have the land first to be legal because in India, if you have the land in the building, they cannot, they cannot disturb you. They cannot persecute you as much if you own the land in the building. So that's what we shoot for first. So on our 30th church build, we're in there. We're looking for the land. And when I say build a church, I'm not talking about a church in the United States. You drive six miles and pass 16 churches. It, it ain't like that over there. You might drive 200 miles and you're lucky to see one or two. So when I say build a church, I'm talking about putting a group of 150 to 200 people underneath a shelter so that they're, they're, they're still beating drums and lifting up the name of Jesus when it's raining and thundering and lightning. That's that's what I'm talking about. So first I had to go to the village chief, and I went there, and I sat with him in a meeting. And as I sat there with him, Pastor Jamie, I told him I wanted land, told him what I wanted it for, I tried to be as upfront and truthful as I could, told him what we did, told him for the, for the new believers and Christians in that village. And he said, there is no way and you know where that you're going to get this land. 
Now, externally, I smiled at him. I said, thank you for your time. I got up out of my chair in his office. I went to a train uh, station, got on a train for 28 hours, rode the Chennai Express from South India all the way to New Delhi to get my flight. And while on that train, I met a man there for nearly 10 hours of the journey who sat with me. I told him about everything that went on, how this, my head was hung down coming out. I smiled and told him, thank you. But when I come out of his office, I was beat down. I felt like I had lost the fight. Got on the train. I'm, I'm telling this stranger, I'm telling him my problems. I'm telling him everything that didn't work out for me and what we wanted to do with the church. He is a Hindu believer as well. And I thought, man, maybe you don't care. But he just kept listening intently. And I told him how we helped orphans. I told him what the church's plan was there and this, that, and the other. I even shared the gospel with him, gave him an opportunity to believe in Christ. But he was a devout Hindu man. He got off. At one of the stations, I rode another 12-plus hours by myself, got on a flight, come back, came over here, met y'all sometime in that month that I was here, went back in December, and the second place that I went to after we did our large Christmas in Rifra, which has 2,000 kids, was I went back to that village. When I got there, we pulled in the ministry jeep, and here comes the village chief out to meet me, and I thought, boy, he's going to try to get something on my passport, he's going to try to put me in jail, he's going to try this, he's going to try that, and I thought, man... This ain't going to be good. So he comes over there and he says, Preacher Payne? I said, yes, sir. He said, uh, I want to talk to you. <laughs> so, okay, thanks. Uh, I said, I'll be there in 30 minutes after I got out, got some things settled. Y'all ever felt like you had to go to the principal's office? Y'all know what that feels like? Some of y'all are goody tissues. But anyway, I've been there too, and that's a bad feeling. And I went to, the, I went to this guy's office, and I sat down, Pastor Mark, and I was sitting there thinking, man, he's going to scold me up one side and down the other for even coming back here. While I was sitting there waiting on him, I've composed myself right before he come in and pulled myself. I'm like, man, you're a child of God. And I thought, boy, get yourself together. And I sit there in that chair, and uh, he come in. He sits down on the other side of that table. He said, preacher, you still want that land? I thought to myself, yeah, I do. I said, what do you want for it? We still want that acre to build the building on. He turned around. He called his assistant in there, and she come in, he said, I can't speak Telugu, nor do I understand Telugu. But at any rate, I understand very little of it. And spoke Telugu, and uh, long story short, he turns back around after they had had a few-minute discussion said, Preacher, how about if I just give it to you? Y'all ever seen Tom and Jerry when his do- jaw drops and his tongue rolls out there on the table? That's, that's what I felt like there in that, in that guy's office. And that's... That's exactly what my heart, it was just full. I didn't know what to say. And I said, yes, I'll take it. And I want to make sure everything was legalized so he couldn't, because I know you can do it and they can put you in a pickle there as well. So I want to make sure it was right. And we looked over it there and uh, I went over it with my minister friend who is the native and who can read. And he's like, yeah, it's all, it's all legit, crazy. And already had it stamped, ready for the minister to sign the authority of that land over to them to build the church. And at the end of that conversation, I said, Sir, what is it that changed your heart? He said, You're not going to believe this, but that guy that you rode to New Delhi with on the train was the chief of our region. Y'all still slow to catch. Y'all remember the song, Little Shark God Ate by the Medium Shark. Medium shark got ate by the mama shark, mama shark. Am I making sense to you yet now? God did what this foolish kid from Stony Point could never have accomplished. He huffed my horse for me. And because of that, there are more than 250 believers that is in that worship center this very day lifting glory to the name of Jesus Christ who died on the cross for their sins, just like he did for you. That's what he did. He huffed, he huffed my horse. That's what he told Joshua. Joshua, I'm going to huff your horse. Verse 7, I'm done. I've got, I'm, I'll be done at 29. Y'all ready? So Joshua came and all the people of war with him. Did you see that? They came. Did you see that? They came. Preacher, They came. They didn't wait for the enemy to attack them. They came and attacked the enemy. Oh, preacher, I can't believe you're going to tell me this. Let me tell you this. Y'all remember Muhammad Ali? I love him. 
Loved, loved his, his fight record. He's just an amazing boxer. But I didn't know this. He had a daughter named Layla Ali. And she was undefeated, 24-0. Amazing story. She boxed, and, and, and in, her, in her career, never lost there up to the 24-0 mark. She was going to redo some matches she had close bouts with. And sure enough, there she was. She was fighting one of them, and, and she was almost to the point of losing. She was backed in the corner, being beat to the left, being beat to the right she come out the next round he let her have it knocked her out and after the fight was over the uh, female interviewer asked Layla Lee what was it that brought you back out of the corner in the next round to, to, to get you back in the game to get you back in the fight to throw them punches that gave you victory and Layla, Layla said I remembered whenever my daddy fought Sonny Liston's and, and uh, I remember when he fought Joe Frazier's and the George Foreman's y'all remember those names don't you yeah, go home and Google them. They're there. But at any rate, I remember whenever, whenever my daddy fought them, and whenever I was in that corner and I thought I was getting ready to lose, I thought to myself, who's your daddy? East Taylor's, well, I don't know if you know who your daddy is or not. Let me clarify something. He is the lily of the valley. He's the bright morning star. He's the greatest of 10,000. Don't sit there and get your rear ends whipped by the enemy that's trying to put you down and throw you down. Y'all remember that cheer? Be aggressive. B-E, aggressive. B-E-A-G-G-R-E-S-S-I-V-E -E -S -S -E says be aggressive. I've been going to football games, Pastor. I have. Now I'm telling you, church, it is time to be aggressive. It is time for you and me to stand up and go into the fight with our dukes up, ready to get what we need to get done for the glory of God. Would you say that with me? I will not go down without a fight. Would you stand with me, Pastor? That's what's on my heart. Heads bowed maybe for a moment, eyes closed. View in your heart what you need to get done today because God knows. God knows exactly what needs to be accomplished in this worship service. Maybe somebody here has been stepped on too many times. You... You've been mashed down, told you couldn't do it. I'm telling you, God is on your side, and he loves you. He loves you. Father in heaven, would you seal your words to our heart? Have your own way in Jesus' great name. Amen. Thank you, Pete. I'm going to ask Beverly, if you will, to play something real softly. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. I would tell you the altar's open if you need to respond this morning. Uh, if God's dealing with your heart, you can, you can pray to the Lord right there where you are. If you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, the Bible says that whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Will be saved. Don't quit. Don't stop. What a great challenge. You, you pray as I pray. Father, as we come to your prayer, we want to thank you, Lord, for your word. Father, we want to thank you, Lord, for the fact that we know who our daddy is. Father, we thank you for the victory. Father, my prayer is if there's anyone here today that's not born again, that, Lord, today they would be saved and say yes to you. Lord, there may be people that feel like quitting, as Todd said, in their marriage, in church, whatever. Lord, help us remember who our daddy is. Thank you, Lord, for the victory. Thank you for the grace to get through the day. Lord, help us to be on the uh, offensive, as Todd talked about. We want to thank you, Lord, that uh, we've been blessed to be in such a wonderful church. Father, thank you for that. Lord, we give you the praise for that. All that's done here, Lord, we give you the honor and the praise for it. And Father, we want to tell you that we love you today. In Jesus' name I pray and all of God's people say together, amen. Well, thank you, brother, for that message. I'm going to ask uh, Amanda's going to lead us in a song. And then after the, the verse is over, you'll be dismissed. But please remember that when you give today, all right, if you're going to write a check, Make it out to East Hills. We'll put you can just put Todd's name in the memo, and we'll make sure he gets that check. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you.